A reading from the first book of Kings. At the mountain of God, Horeb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. Then the Lord said to him, go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. After the earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him, glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet. Justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself was accursed and cut off from Christ 
for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites. There's the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promise. There's the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. By now, I think perhaps uh, many of you have seen the terrible images coming out of Hawaii, where the wildfires are raging on the island of Maui. Uh, 
city particularly hard hit was a city known as, and I hope I pronounced this correctly, Lahaina, Hawaii. The images that are coming back from there is just ash everywhere. The occasional pile of uh, brick or concrete sticking up from a collapsed building. With one big exception. The Roman Catholic Church by the name of Maria Lanaquila. And the people there are saying this is a sign of hope sent to us from God. It's, it's beautiful that they're seeing that, you know, and, and truly it is a sign of hope from God. But you know, signs from God often have more than one layer to them. The name Maria Lanaquila is Hawaiian for Mary, Our Lady of Victory. I see a few heads nodding. You recognize that title of Mary. It was given to Mary by Pope Pius V following the historic Battle of Lepanto on October 7th of 1571. And during this battle, an overwhelmingly large Muslim force intent on conquering Europe and enslaving the people of Europe was turned away by a very tiny Christian force. You see, Pope Pius V had asked the people to pray the rosary constantly during the battle, asking for Mary's intercession. He saw the overwhelming victory of the Christians as a sign of God's protection, as a miracle. That's why October is the month of the rosary, because Mary interceded. And I bring this up because this article from today's news dovetails very nicely with the message of our gospel today. Now, I'm sure that you at one time or another have heard somebody, a friend, a relative say, you know, I just cannot believe in a God that would allow, and then they proceed to name some horrible thing that happens, okay? It could be a disaster like this fire. It could be an illness. It could be the death of someone close to them, or even the, you know, the horrible clerical abuse scandal that we've been living through for all these years. And they use this as their justification for leaving the church. I mean, it's an attitude that I think has led to a number of people stopping whatever faith they believe in, you know, whether it's, you know, Christianity, Judaism, or even Islam. You know, they, they, they look at this and they say, God just can't exist because of all this nasty stuff. But I want you to think about this. When Jesus walked the face of the earth, he lived in a country that had been conquered. The only personal liberty that anybody had was whatever the government told them it was. His teaching often fell on deaf ears. His closest companions abandoned him in his hour of need, and he died a death that was considered one of the most, if not actually the supremely most humiliating form of death there ever was. And yet, and yet he asks us as good and faithful people to hold on to our faith through the trials, through the difficulties, through the seemingly impossible situations that crop up in our lives because they are all a test beyond which lies our path 
to our eternal reward in heaven, which is, after all, the ultimate goal of our existence. So our gospel passage today picks up immediately after Jesus has fed the crowd of 5,000 people. Okay, that's what happened right before that. He dismisses the disciples. He says, y'all take the boat, go across the lake. I'll, uh, you know, I'll catch up with you. He withdraws to pray alone. It is for the disciples in the boat a teaching moment. Okay, now he's just shown his divine power by feeding this huge crowd with little or next to nothing. Okay, and they have experienced a storm just like the one they're going through earlier in Matthew's gospel. You might remember it. Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and the storm comes up. The disciples are afraid. They wake him up, right? Okay, so they've already been through this once. They've just seen his divine power. You would think that they are primed to believe in his protection, and yet what happens? They see him walking across the water in the midst of the storms, and they're terrified. Their faith is not yet strong enough. But Peter well, you got to love Peter, okay? Peter tries. Peter says, come on, Lord, you know, if that's really you, let me walk to you. Jesus says, sure. So Peter hops out of the boat, and sure enough, he's walking on the surface of the water, but not for long, because he notices the storm. He takes his eyes off of the Lord and begins to sink. It's because he can't see through the storm to see God within, the way Elijah did in our first reading. Okay, for Elijah, he wasn't afraid of the wind. He wasn't afraid of the earthquake. He wasn't afraid of the fire. It was when he heard that still, small voice that he knew he was in the presence of God, and he shielded his face because that's what you did. You know, you weren't supposed to look directly at God. Elijah passed his test because he was able to see through the trials that came upon him. When we look at the lives of the martyrs of the church, you can go all the way back to the great Roman persecutions up until this very day when there were people suffering martyrdom in Africa, in the Middle East, in India, and in China. It is happening, folks. Believe me, it is still happening. When we look at the martyrs and we read their stories, we're amazed. We're amazed because by persevering through faith, they found the great peace that God brought to them because of their faith. Now, the storm may very well bring about the end of our life in this world, but the promise of the reward of faith looms beyond. Because this world is not our final destination. It is our place of journeying, our pilgrim journey toward our final destination in heaven at the wedding feast of the bridegroom of the church, our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's ask ourselves, can we, like Elijah, like the martyrs, look in faith past the storms in our lives to see God? Are we instead as distracted as Peter and the disciples in the boat? Can we find some time while things are relatively calm 
in our lives to strengthen our faith through prayer, through Scripture, through participation here in the Holy Mass, so that when the storms come, we have the strength, we have the faith to endure. And and if we already have a strong faith, can we help those who are going through their own storms and are too terrified to fall back on their own faith? Can we forgive ourselves for the times when we have faltered, either in deed or in faith, and ask the Lord for a second chance through the sacrament of confession? Today, when our Lord is made present in the holy sacrifice, in the holy sacrament of the Eucharist, I'd like you to pay special attention to part of the rite known as the fractioning rite. When the Lord holds up the consecrated host, it's now the body of Christ, and he breaks it, symbolizing the death of Christ. And then he takes a little piece of it, drops it into the chalice containing the precious blood, thereby reuniting body and blood. It's a symbol of Christ's resurrection, the resurrection that happened after he passed through the storm of his passion and his death. So let us all remember not to lose our faith because of the storms that God allows to come into our lives, but rather let us rejoice that our God walks with us through the storms. God love you.